0: welcome to the that's deep podcast i'm naomi and i'm an international board certified life and success coach neurolinguistic linguistic programming practitioner or nlp as you've heard it an empath a mother an introvert and a podcast host it is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration thank you so much for being here If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Pardon the interruption, but I have a really quick question for all of you. What type of empath are you? If you're not sure and you haven't taken my empath quiz yet, you can certainly do so at that's deepco.com backslash empath dash quiz. And I will also leave a link for it in my show notes. When you take the quiz, you'll find out your type and you'll also be sent a free guided meditation that corresponds to your specific empath type. Thank you so much. And I look forward to helping you find out your type. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at NaomiCourtney.co. Again, that's at NaomiCourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you. And I am super excited today because I have a really special guest on the show. She is one of the main reasons why I even started a podcast in the first place. Welcome Annabelle DeSisto from Adderall and Compliments. Hi! Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, I just jumped all over you. <laughs> oh
1: my God. No, I'm just like so excited. This is like my human interaction for the day. So I'm like an eager puppy jumping all over you. Um, I'm just <laughs> so happy to do this. and I'm so thankful that you asked me and it is like a big honor. So thank you for letting me be on your show. And also I'm getting to do it from my play- like, favorite place in the world, which is my bed. So nice. this is it is even more amazing. So thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want our listeners to know, just in case they don't know already, you used to write for Joan Rivers and now you host one of my favorite and quite honestly one of the most hilarious, valuable, and inspiring podcasts, Adderall and Compliments.
1: I literally all the Venmo, you know, payments that I send you are well worth it. You oh. Oh my are goodness. <laughs> You say all of my lines that I send you perfectly. Um, no, thank you. You're like the best PR person um, in the world. And so, yeah, I used to write for Joan and now I do the podcast. And it's like such a big thing that you let me be a friend in your head and that you're a friend in my head because you can literally listen to anything else. Like literally you can listen to a billion other things um, besides a podcast. And so I always think it's such a big deal like, not just, like, when somebody listens to mine, but, like, when anyone chooses to listen, you know, because, like, you're giving that person your time. Totally. Your little ear and your ear and mental space. So, I, it's, like, such a
0: big thing. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I feel like, I mean, nowadays, especially, like, I just feel like we have to be super, like, intentional, right, with, like, our attention and our time and, like, what we give ourselves to, because, like, I don't know, I feel like you're just, like, super open and, like, super giving, and I feel like it'd be tough, right, like, after a while, like, does it get overwhelming?
1: Um, the, the talking on it, or,
0: like, coming up with sharing things, or? Yeah, I guess just, like, constantly being vulnerable. I, I think, because, like,
1: I almost forget, uh, and I, this doesn't, I hope this doesn't sound, like, too much of, like, a douchey answer, because, like, when people on reality shows like you don't even know the cameras are there um I guess because I don't really think about it like when I say stuff on the podcast I'm like oh like five people are listening to this whatever um because mm-hmm. I don't really think about that like you know like if I date somebody in the future that they can go back or listen or whatever but also it's like that's completely me and what I would be saying anyway so yeah if somebody doesn't like it on the show, then they're not going to like me in person and I'd rather them save me, you know, the makeup and the Uber drive, you know, over there. <laughs> yeah. And, no. and it's just, um, it's just like talking to your friends like out loud.
0: Yeah, totally. So, I feel like listening to your podcast is like just having like a round table conversation with girlfriends. I love it.
1: Oh, thank you. That's, that is what I wanted the vibe to be is just like going out to brunch with your girlfriends, but without ever having to leave the house. Cause that's like my dream scenario.
0: <laughs> I can relate to you on that one. Yes. Okay. So I want to know more about your story and your background. So I'm just going to ask you a ton of questions if you're cool with it. Oh my God,
1: please. You know, my favorite subject is myself. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. All right. Where are you from and what do you do for a living? I know you you kind of already talked about that, but I know you do much more than just um, podcasting.
1: Yes. I, I mean, my podcasting is technically my job, but I would say my real job is being a single mother to six cats. I would say that's the hardest job um, and most fulfilling in the world. Um, yeah. So I right guess <laughs> my <laughs> biggest job is being a cat mom, um, but I'm originally from Florida and i have now lived in la i i cannot believe i've lived here for as long as i have and i still know so i know i still know so few places and so few roads like i still don't know any of the highway names like when people say oh i took the 405 or this i'm like i don't know if it's not a you know if it's not through my apartment or like at the grove like i really don't know where anything is <laughs> so i cannot yeah. believe i've lived here for 9 years and i'm still like
0: uh basically like a tourist. Um no, that's totally understandable. I had lived out um in California too for a little while. I lived in um, Huntington Beach and I just like never left the Orange County bubble. I was just like I don't know young and scared and I'm like from Hawaii. So I, you know, we kind of get a little nervous sometimes like leaving the islands and going to the mainland. So I just kind of stayed put. So
1: <laughs> like see you live I know in like a paradise place like where it's like one of the like number one like dream like vacation and like, you know dream home places like in the world and I feel so bad because I'm scared to go to Hawaii so it's which is no way really silly yeah and it's like I loved that movie Johnny Tsunami growing up the Disney original movie
0: um Uh I love that movie
1: it's so good I really wish I'm very big into bringing things back from the past um like not like I am responsible for the new thing of the hills or Spencer Pratt but <laughs> I was talking about Spencer Pratt from like the very first firsthand my podcast like when everyone had kind of like forgotten about them and I was just obsessed with talking about him and like his hummingbirds and then like his crystals started and like so it was like really big on trying to like trying to bring Spencer Pratt back and like now my big
0: thing is bringing Disney original movies back um because they I- so good yeah I love that way that's so funny because like okay I remember when you like were talking about Spencer Pratt and I was like uh you know like you know when you just had your certain uh maybe thoughts about him before like just from the hills and you know what has been portrayed but like after you had brought him back into the scene like he is one of the most hilarious people I have ever like listened to and just watching you know he and him and his family's like snaps like you just get to see the genuine side of people, maybe through video. I don't know if that's, like, something you think um, as oh, well. Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Because I couldn't
1: stand him when everyone was watching The Hills. Because we we were watching it real time, and we all thought he was, like, Satan. We He was, mm-hmm. like, he was horrific. And I just remember sitting around, like, with my friends, like, like, in our, like, living room. So we would, like, all get together and watch, you know have Hills parties and just talking about how horrible he is. And like, I can't even imagine having, having him as a boyfriend, let alone a husband, like what a terrible, blah, blah, blah. And he's so crazy with his crystals. Like he's a lunatic. This guy prays to rocks. Like he's completely lost it, like going on and on about him. And then starting to see who he was through his like Snapchat and like how just genuinely pure and kind he is. It's, I know it's like a soap opera where there's like a good and evil twin where it's like, he's nothing like what we had seen him as like on
0: TV. Exactly. Like I, yeah. I, I mean, I like that you can see somebody as a whole person though, you know, they're not just what you see for that 30 minutes on TV. Like there's just so much more about a person you have no idea you have no idea what they're going through too. So I just like, I applaud you for like being one of the pioneers, like, able to like shift people's like perspective on someone you know
1: oh i appreciate you for going along with it i was very much like i feel like i know uh like in mean girls like i feel like a drug pusher like i feel like i just push people into things i was just like push southern charm really hard and push like spencer pratt and i'm very happy that like people like went along with it and you know gave it a chance and seeing him with those like hummingbirds and stuff. And now he's like full on back and everyone gets to see how like great he is. And I also think it's a good reminder for us to realize that like, oh, people change and exactly, yeah, you can't just have like based on somebody, based on who somebody was years ago or even like last year, it's like people evolve and change and you can't hold them to like that same form of a person that you used to know, or used to have like judgments about that, like people can change and they can evolve. And like, you're like always learning something about yourself and like, hopefully like evolving and growing. And so I'm glad that everyone, like we were able to like look past what, (laughs) all the horrible shit he did, how he is now. And I'm sorry, I know that this was supposed to be about, um, you being Hawaii, but, this, no this, not it's at just all just like my podcast right? <laughs> just like
0: completely um derail it uh, no I think I think we have like similar like tracks of mine so I appreciate like this equal energy exchange like seriously so yeah
1: but yeah I would like I love Hawaii fr- and seeing it in like movies and like forgetting Sarah Marshall still like one of my favorite movies of all time and like I watched that movie over and over like I was had like OCD or like I was like Rain Man in college like that sometimes (laughs) i watch it like three times like in one day uh Mm -hmm. like that movie got me through you know the one and a half years of community college I did um and it's like that's why and it looks so beautiful but I'm
0: I'm too scared to go yeah is it just like the plane ride or like just being surrounded by water 24-7 it's not so
1: much the plane ride I'm like, planes don't bother me at all. Mostly because I'm always asleep. And I'm not even, like, on, like, sleeping pills or anything. <laughs> I'm normally asleep before, like, the plane takes off. And then yeah. somehow I magically have, like, a sixth sense of, like, whenever the food's coming or, like, the snack <laughs> tray, I can be in the deepest sleep. And, like, my nose will, like, be like a bloodhound of, like, <laughs> and I will just, like, <laughs> snap awake for me to get, you know, <laughs> like, those, like, two little snickerdoodles they give mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah. But it's the... It's the volcano part, and I know not every, I know that not every island is a volcano, but for some reason in my mind, um, I, th- I think a volcano is going to erupt.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, well, I feel I'm- like, yeah, no, it's a serious, like, a valid concern, because there is one island that, like, the volcano is more active on. Um, is, for- is
1: there a volcano on, like, every island?
0: Well, okay, so no, like there's not an active volcano on every island. So I think there really is only like one active volcano. Um, and I don't even know if it's still active right now, but that was like all that lava. Like, I don't know if you saw it on the news, like, if it was last year. This is awful because I live here and I should know this. But um, it's just the Big Island. I don't know if you've heard of the Big Island. Is it just like called the
1: Big Island or is it like? Yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, it's okay. actually called like. Hawaii Island, but it's, it's just called the Big Island because it's the biggest island uh, out of our whole island chain. There's like eight islands here. Um, and we, yeah, so I live on Kauai, so it's like one of the oldest islands. Like there's no active volcanoes at all. Like we're what, like the grandmother island, you know, it's just like really green, really lush. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched Fern Gully. It's like that. Um, yes, I love Fern Gully. It,
1: I, that is one of the reasons I, refuse to see Avatar in theater or refuse to even watch Avatar when it's on TV, because Avatar, I'm like, okay, listen, we already had the original Avatar, which was from Gully, which I'm sure was far superior than fucking, and also I hate James. I have a, I have an extreme dislike towards James Cameron, so I refuse to, I refuse to give him any, any acknowledgement or any help whatsoever, but I love Brangeli and I, it was like on randomly on like stars channel a few months ago and I watched it and I was bawling at the end. Cause like, I, I can't believe like even back then, like, what is it like 20 years ago or something? Like Mm -hmm. they were talking about like deforestation and like climate change. And I'm like, Oh, it was bad then. And like, now I'm like oh god (laughs) yeah you're like
0: holy shit (laughs) yeah
1: and I'm like oh Hexis is just like the embodiment of like half the people running you know our country right now and I was like oh no Fern Gully but it's like oh so you live like in a real Fern Gully but without the volcano yes yes is that where like the resorts are like is that where the Four Seasons or all like the
0: popular resorts are Okay, so um, those ones are Lanai, so Lanai, but then I live on Kauai, so they have, um, they used to have the St. Regis here, but now it's changing into like one hotels, I think they have that in LA too, I'm not too sure, but yeah, like we have like the the Grand Hyatt here, which doesn't sound like too fancy, like when you're thinking, you know, like LA terms, but like the Hyatt here is actually super nice, like I think a lot of celebrities end up staying down there because it's like a nice golf course, and it's very like touristy, very like vacationy,
1: I feel so bad. You are doing an amazing job being, like, a like ambassador of Hawaii. You're probably, like, um, I'm not, you know, on the board of tourism. Like, this isn't my job to, like, inform you about the state of Hawaii and, like, our population. But you're doing – thank you for entertaining me and um, helping me understand. I know that that is not your job and that no, is totally. not the question of your podcast whatsoever. I'm just using <laughs> you selfishly because I don't want to go to, like, TripAdvisor or something. So I'm just no. asking you.
0: No, I was curious because I was like, no, you should visit Kauai. It's like a lot of people come out here and just like disconnect. It's like a good place to just like unplug and recharge. I mean, it's not like you have to go off the grid, but people do that out here. But I mean, you can just like simply be at a hotel and like not exist for a week. And it's kind of nice.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing. Because That's basically what I'm doing. Uh, that's basically what I do in my apartment right now. But it would be nice to stare at different walls. Yeah. Like, will I, will I avoid texting people back? Like, mm-hmm. that would be a nice change.
0: Yes, I totally know the feeling. Okay, so I, because I just have a ton of questions for you, I want to know, um, what did you do, like, before you started your podcast? I want to hear your story on how you got to where you are now.
1: I m- moved out here, and I didn't really have any, oh, well, I had no job lined up, um, And I was coming from Seattle. I I was an intern for a radio station in Seattle for, like, eight months um, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Because, like, after I dropped out of community college, I had no idea what I could do or what I wanted to do. So I just started interning at this radio station, like, the radio station that all of of us listened to in high school, like, the most popular, like, Maureen zoo show, you know, that played, you know, like, the most popular radio show, like when right. people still listen to like actual radio and they would do like pranks and you
0: know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I just started interning for them cause I had, I needed something to do. Um, and I really, really liked it. And it was just something that I could get up early for cause I'm a morning person. I would get up at like 3am and do makeup for like two hours when obviously Nobody gives a shit because it's a radio, like, radio show. And also, I'm an intern, so I'm not even on the radio show. I'm, like, getting (laughs) coffee. Um, But I just, like, loved having a schedule and, like, loved being involved in it. And I wanted, like, a change of pace because things had gotten kind of, like, awkward at the radio station. And I just kind of, like, outgrown, uh, like, kind of outgrown, like, the situation that I was in. So yeah. I had an opportunity to go also work for free, um, but in Seattle, uh, on a male rock show. Um, so the entire show was like, it was like all male DJs and it was like a hard rock station and like sports station. And I know oh. nothing about rock music and I know nothing about sports or Seattle where it's like they take their music so seriously, uh, in Seattle, um, <laughs> But I just moved – I was just, like, I have nothing else to do, and, like, why not? And it will be an adventure, and it will get me to, like, the West Coast. So I literally moved as far away from Florida as you can be to Mm -hmm. Seattle um, and didn't know anyone there besides the show. And it was a total, like, fish-out-of-water type thing uh, because no girl, like, in the station, I think, like, wore anything more than, like, chapstick and, like (laughs) – and then I went in and I would have, I would be wearing like bandage dresses and like five inch, like, of course, like my five inch BB heels. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was still when BB had, was very, very popular. Another thing I'm trying to bring back, BB has never left me, although yeah, I unfortunately left, unfortunately has left the hearts and population of many malls and people. It's never left me. And that is my next, that's my next mission is to, I have a lot of things and you bring BB back and you bring the Disney original shows back. I actually have a lot of jobs, um, on yes. top of being a cat mom, uh, <laughs> so it's, like, it was a completely new experience, and I really got to shine by being completely different, and having that oddly be, like, embraced, yeah, and totally and it was, it was a, such like a great time in my life. And I, it was something i never imagined doing all this stuff I've kind of done. I've never imagined doing, and it wasn't really planned. Um, so it's, it's kind of amazing, like how you look back and you're like, oh, the universe has worked out because certainly in high school, I never said I would be interning at a radio station. Um, yeah. Like I thought I was going to be going to school in Orlando and like working at Universal as one of the actors, like not as one of the people like in the costumes as like a giant minion or something, uh-huh. but like one of the like real actors yeah. um, and then I was going to go from there to like living in New York and like doing stage plays in new York and yes. so none of that is obviously what happened um, and so I just kind of kept like falling into these things, so I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, okay, well, why not this? Like, all right. Like this has been going well. All right. I have nothing else to do. So I'll just continue doing this. And so I just kind of fell into the Seattle thing. And then I was given an opportunity to join the show like permanently with like a contract and everything. And I loved those people on the show so much, but I knew it like, wasn't for me. I was like, okay, I want to move to LA even though I knew nobody here and I didn't have a radio thing set up here at all. Um, mm-hmm. but I was just like, I had just come back from a Tony Robbins event and I was like so manic and like so lit up that I was like, if I could just move here right now and they could shut down all my stuff, I would like just stay here like and live here today. And so I moved here without knowing anyone without having a job or friends set up or anything. And my mom came out here to help me move but it's like, she was only out here for two days. And I just remember like me bawling and like, and begging her. I'm like, please don't leave me. Like, I don't know what I'm doing out here. I regret this. Like, take me back. I don't know what to do. And it's like, I had seen on Twitter, a comedian I followed had tweeted about an all female comedy class. And I saw that just like, like literally randomly. Like I remember being at the radio station at like 4am and I was like, oh, okay. And I just kind of like favorited it, you know, not really thinking about it. And so I went back to like that tweet and contacted, you know, the link and it was for an all-female comedy class and it would be seven weeks and you were supposed to do like a performance at the end, but it was going to be all females like every week. And I was like, okay, well that seems like a non-creepy way to meet friends because right now I don't have a job and not like, even if you do have a job necessarily, like you even want to hang out with those people anyway, outside of work. Um, yeah. And I didn't drink at the time. And so it would have been even harder for me to like, go out to a bar and like, go up to like, you know, seemingly fun looking girls and, and like, hey, you look cool. We should hang out sometime. Like, we should, yeah. <laughs> you know, get together. And they'd be like, oh my God, this sad, lonely lesbian who has no friends um, is trying to hit on me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to join this class. I have no interest in comedy writing. Like, I loved comedy. Like, I watched it growing up and I like love Saturday night live and everything, but I never had any it, like ideas of like writing it myself. I joined it just to make friends. And then my plan was just to not do the performance at the end it was to say I got sick. Um, cause by that time I would have already like met all the friends I needed and just not have to do the show. And that yeah. was like my grand plan. And then I ended up really, I ended up really liking it. And that's how I made basically like all of my friends here. And it wasn't like that I'd ever dreamed of being a stand-up comedian. I was like, oh, I'm able to do this and meet people. And no one's telling me no, (laughs) because like in LA, like you had to depend on other people for auditions, like choosing you, just like, you know, allowing you to come embarrass yourself for them for an audition that you're like not going to get.
0: Mm -hmm. And so it's
1: like, I liked it that it was just, nobody was telling me no. Like, even though probably somebody should have, but like, (laughs) I liked that it was, uh, completely uh, like I was completely like free with it and no one was like limiting me with it. And I was getting to perform. So I really, didn't have anything else to do. And I started to do it like more and more. And then it's like, I realized I was a lot better at it than I thought I was or like how I felt I was. Um, and I started just doing like festivals, and it was like a fest. I submitted to a festival that I didn't even think I'd get into, um, and it was in Atlanta. And I was doing like I was doing like a five minute set, and later that night, this guy came up to me and he's like, "Hey, I'm like uh, one of the producers on Chelsea Handler's show. Like, uh, I'd really like you to come in to e." And like I thought I was being like punked. I was like, "Where's Ashton? Like this can't mm-hmm. be like this can't be real." Um, yeah and so like he saw me there and like the next week I went in to e to meet with them and they were just kind of like well we don't really have any like jobs opening up right now or any shows but um you know you can write for Joan Rivers on fashion police and I was like wait what because like how they said it was just so casually she was like yeah you want to try it and I was like um well uh I'm not a writer because like how she said it was like oh do you want to try it? Like, I know if you were, like, splitting, like, a weird appetizer, you're like, I don't know. Do you want to, to like, try it? Like, how bad could it be? Um, Yeah. I was like, uh, well, I'm not a writer. I don't, um, I've only, like, written, like, Facebook statuses. I don't have, like, a packet or anything. She's like, okay, well, you know, how we'll do it is we'll give you one episode and, you know, you probably won't make it, you know, just because it's really hard to get jokes on. But either way, you know, we'll pay you for that week. And I was like, wow. Okay. She's like, so, you know, it, it's just an experience and it's just, you know, it's not a guarantee. It probably won't happen, but just, you know, to like, you know, dip your toe in. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, this is like a dream because I watched Fashion Police every week. Like, I loved her. I had seen her do stand up like, like twice with my mom, like going to her shows. And so it was like such a surreal moment. And so, Writing jokes about judging celebrities, which I've been doing for free my whole life, um, and then like submitting it to like a TV show for like one of the most iconic people ever. It felt like so like it felt so surreal, and still I still can't believe it happened to me. Like I still kind of forget that part of my life because it sounds like so bizarre, and it's something I need to remind myself when I'm like really low. But mm-hmm. it was also happened at the time of like, it was my first breakup in LA and he broke up with me at like 3am and my first fashion police show was like airing at seven. Whoa. And, and I didn't think that I would have any jokes on, uh, cause he was a comedy writer, the guy who I was dating and who broke up with me. You know, I like let him, you know, look at my jokes and he had told me he was like half these jokes like will never work these jokes are horrible and I was like well I don't know like so fashion police they would give you a picture you'd get like 12 pictures like outfits or whatever and you'd have to write 20 jokes per outfit and so then sometimes they gave you like four days I think and sometimes like the night before they'd be like all right we're not doing any of those pictures here's new pictures or we like need 20 more jokes on like Rihanna's purse or something Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I, I, I've given them all the jokes I have and I have like run out of jokes. I like have to use these. He's like, these are horrible. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't like know what to do. And like, I, this was also before he broke up with me. Um, I was like, okay. Oh my goodness. But I just submitted them. Cause I like didn't have anything else. And so he broke up with me at 3 a.m. And then my like, show was airing that night and I was just sobbing and my friend came over and like brought Taco Bell as like comfort food because she was also worried of like, oh fuck, she's been broken up with and now none of her jokes are going to get on. So she's going to be even sadder about that. And so it's like, I was just sobbing and eating Taco Bell and like it opens up the show and the first joke she says of the show was my joke. And it was specifically one of the jokes he told me was horrible. Oh and- my goodness. And she's like, like she's like, isn't that like your joke? And I was like, just remember being like, I'm so happy. And just like <laughs> sobbing, like just stuffing a burrito in my mouth of just like, and I will always kind of hate him for taking away that night for me because I still focus more on that I was broken up with that day than like, yeah. like that was my first show. But it also is a good reminder of It doesn't matter what other people say, no matter what it is, not just with comedy writing or for anyone's life, no matter what you do, like, it doesn't matter what anyone else says, no matter how much more accomplished you think that person is, no matter how, you know, much smarter you think that person, whatever, like, that you are valuing that person's opinion more than your own. And it's like, if it doesn't feel right and you still believe in what you're, in like, what you're doing or what you want to do or your belief or whatever, it's like, nobody knows it better than you do. And so,
0: totally.
1: so it was like a good reminder of like, oh, I almost didn't submit any of these jokes because of him. And yeah. I was just like, I, you know, looked up to him so much just as like, and I feel like you always idolize whoever you're in a relationship with, like in the honeymoon period. Like you think mm-hmm. like, they're amazing. And he was a comedy writer who had written on TV. And so it was like a big thing for me to like go against him because I was like, oh, he's right. These jokes are horrible. And then it's like all the ones he said were horrible were the ones that got on, right? And so it's just like you know what like works best for you. Like no one is like more in charge of your life than you are, because like they're not the ones who are sitting there with the consequences. Like you're the one who is, and like you're the one who has to live in your brain. Like fortunately or unfortunately, depending on where you are, like in a spiral. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like if you believe in it, then like you need to do it
0: absolutely absolutely I love that you said that I like really really needed to hear that today so like thank you for sharing all of that because that's like I mean that's huge
1: it's like I it's just like such a good reminder and it's like a reminder that I forget a lot and that (laughs) I need to do um just because it's, you're the one who's ultimately like living your life and you're the one who will be impacted by this decision. No matter how much you care about the person who's like you're asking, you know, their help for, like their thoughts on it, like they may love you. And I'm not saying that they're, they're like out to sabotage you or anything, but it's like, they're not you. They're not the ones who are like paying for it or, you know, it's not their idea or anything like they're there to like support you. But if you... Believe it, and you want to do it, and you know it's best for you, and like you have to like listen to that voice, like you have to like listen to the feeling that you have. Because I feel like a lot of the times that we regret are when we like heard that voice and like that feeling, we went against it. Like I regret those times way more than times I actually did something like myself and Mm -hmm. like didn't work out.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. Well, with that. Like, I have a question that's, like, just going to be a little bit, like, maybe more personal, and if you aren't comfortable with answering it, you don't have to, but I just want to know, what's one thing that, like, most people misunderstand about you?
1: I think one thing that most people, like, misunderstand is, I think my sense of humor sometimes, because, like, I am so self-deprecating, and I... Some of, my, like, some of my jokes or how I say stuff is, like, very dark or kind of, like, mean. So, I don't think people really, um, like, realize how sensitive I am. mm mm-hmm. And because I don't like to show, like, that, like, not like I don't like to show that side because, like, I'm very, like, open about, like, mental health and stuff. Um, I just think that, like, people would be surprised, like, how... Yeah, I think just, like, how, like, sensitive I am and, like, that it really does, like, like, sink in and, like, affect me. And just because, like, I, with how I say something, like, if I say, like, what some people think is, like, a mean thing, like, if I truly thought it was mean, I, like, wouldn't say it. Like, I would never say something to actually, like, hurt somebody's, you know, like, feelings or if I thought something was, like, seriously mean on the show like, I wouldn't say it. It's like, I think I'm making a joke. And I hope it's like, not too much like Lisa Vanderpump, you know, when she's like, I'm making a joke, but it's like, if other people are hurt by it, you know, you can't be like, well, it's just a joke. But I think people think I'm a lot meaner than I am. I also have Mm -hmm. like Disney villain eyebrows. So (laughs) I think I come off, I think I look, I think I look way meaner than I am. Cause like, that is one thing people have said to me is like, how you look is completely different than like your person, like than who you are,
0: right? Like your personality-wise.
1: Right. Yeah, so I think like that's the big like dichotomy of like with when I'm all, you know, like d- drag cleaned up with like four inches of makeup on and like, you know, a BB couture dress from 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look uh, a lot more, I know, like, not severe. Um, and I want to say like intimidating, like, cause I don't want people to think like, that I'm saying like, oh, I'm so beautiful that so many people are intimidated, but I think like, no, but I get what you mean. Um, but it's like, that is something that a lot of people have said that like my outside doesn't match my like inside at all. And so I think yeah. a lot of people make judgments on that and mm-hmm. like, don't give you the opportunity to like show the other side of it. What is one thing that you're really
0: grateful for right now?
1: I am so incredibly grateful for my support that I have, like, the friends that I have with me in my life right now, and, like, the friends in my head, like you, and, like, the other kittens, like, that are so amazing and are helping so many people, like, not just, like, helping me, but, like, so many others, and just having that support group around me, um, is a really, really helpful thing always, but especially like these past few months, I've been in a really, really bad depression. And just when you're in a depression, it's so easy to feel alone because that's (laughs) one of the predominant feelings is just like loneliness and feeling alone and feeling that like everyone hates you. But, like, when I spiral into those thoughts, it's, like, I remember, like, I think it's really important to remember, like, thoughts are not, like, thoughts are just things, and you can't believe everything you think, and um, a lot of your thoughts can be negative and not based on truth at all, so, like, when I feel that way, I actively try to remember, like, oh, who are the people I have in my life right now that are incredible, like, the people that I have, like, Online, and like the kittens, and like friends in my head of like that, I am thankful for them every single day, especially through all this shit. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like knowing how much stronger I am, and that you can't let these people, you can't let anyone in your life who's saying negative things about you, like override how you feel about yourself and how the people who actually matter in your life. How, like they mm-hmm. feel about you, like mm-hmm, where it's mm-hmm. so easy to like, just focus on like that one person at work who doesn't like you or, you know, like everyone has someone in their life or something in their life that they feel like they get like negative energy from, or like they're self-conscious about how that person feels about them or whatever. And it's like, you absolutely have no control over anyone else. Yeah. Which that has been a good lesson for me of like, oh, realizing what I am giving my attention to and like how much of my brain and energy and emotions I was dedicating to people in situations that I have no control over. And it's like the more energy you give, you give it and more focus you give it, like the more depressed and drained you are. And still hasn't changed anything. Like it hasn't, you know, it's only just made it like kind of more powerful. It's kind of like in Burn Gully where Hexus just gets more and more powerful, like the more and Mm -hmm. more like sledge, And it's like that's kind of how, you know, sometimes like depression and like, you know, gossip and whatever, where it's like the more it feeds and the more energy it has, it like grows and grows and grows. And so it's like, you just have to be so careful and like keep in mind that like you're not in charge of them but you're in charge of your own thoughts and you're in charge of what you're going to choose to focus on and care about like
0: yeah I love that
1: is has been a big um has been a very big lesson for me (laughs)
0: Yeah, I feel like that's a huge lesson for us all. And like some of the things that you were talking about, like just about like, you know, the way your brain is or like the way you think, right? Like your mindset, like a lot of that reminded me of your personality type. And um, for those of you who don't know, Annabelle is an ENFJ. Um, Annabelle, do you have any like familiarity with, um, you know, the personality type systems or is it kind of something that you're just getting um, familiar with?
1: No, I was so excited when you sent it to me because it's like, I've obviously like heard about the test, but it's like, it's something that I don't really know a lot about, like that I'm very interested in, but I, I knew it was like a personality test and there are different types, but I, I'm like really, um, am very like amateur and like novice when it comes to this. So like, I'm very excited to like, to learn more about it from you because, um, it's like so important and would probably help you a lot in life and realizing how you're dealing with things um, if you're aware of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to quickly riff here on some personality type info. So learning our personality type is a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and make decisions. So like, you know, AKA our brain's inner wiring. So by understanding your inner wiring, you can better understand your needs at a core level so that you can experience and feel more satisfaction in your sense of self. In your career and in your relationships. So Annabelle is the an ENFJ, and here are some fun facts about the ENFJ. So that four-letter code broken down, that means extroverted. Like you know the E, the N, the F, the J. That all stands for something. So extroverted, intuitive, feeler, and judger. And so I'll explain like what judger means later, or maybe in another episode. It doesn't mean like what you think. Like so judgy. Although sometimes um, the person, the people with the J uh, in their personality types can. Come off that way, but it's more about like it's, it's, it goes deeper than that. It's it's not uh, malicious. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's see. The ENFJ, um, they are one of the rarer types uh, out of all of the sixteen personality types. So roughly two to three of oh two to two to three percent of the population. Um, they are animated, warm, engaging. They're charismatic, and they're often talkative and persuasive. Um, They're dubbed like the socially savvy people. So they're excellent at reading into people, um, establishing rapport with other people. They're really um, insightful and it makes them really great teachers, counselors, managers, and even salespeople. They love people and they have the gift of having people skills. They know how to create supportive culture across families, communities, and other groups of people. They're highly attuned to specific needs of people. Uh, but if they're not careful at sometimes, uh, they can lose themselves in the needs of others and neglect their own needs, which is kind of something I think you touched on, Annabelle. Yes, that is very accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, ENFJs are really good at identifying the needs of other people, um, including themselves. They're great at helping others build healthy boundaries, and they have this really deep understanding for like social dynamics, so those unspoken social contracts. Um, they find it really easy to help others feel safe and loved and stable because they're just really tuned in to all of those emotions. They make great shoulders to cry on, um, often the go-to person in times of crisis. Uh, they're good at understanding what is expected of them and others. So this kind of often comes from like a, a lifelong study of learning what offends people versus what you know makes them comfortable. So often very popular in social settings, and um, they help keep conversations going without leaving anyone out and they feel their best when everyone is thriving and happy. Um, they often draw their greatest joy from the happiness of others, which is honorable, but it's tough if the ENFJ puts their own happiness on the back burner. Um, ENFJs often take on the weight of everyone else's you know, world on their shoulders, which can be an overwhelming burden to bear. Uh, they're best supported when they're validated for all that they do for others, but you know, sometimes they don't always get the uh, validation that they deserve but they have an understanding that people come from different experiences. They're great at seeing things from different perspectives, like especially the perspective of others. And they have a gift of deep insight and they just get these gut feelings of just knowing things. Um, They're good at conflict management and they're really, they have this desire to support and help others. Um, They really like, you know, being humanitarian, they're really sensitive to the needs of others. And sometimes they end up absorbing other people's feelings and emotions due to their high sense of empathy. Um, And their deep sense of empathy is actually their superpower. So it's kind of interesting. It's like, they're very sensitive, but it's their superpower as well, because it can be used to change the world. So like Nelson Mandela, he's an ENFJ. Oh, wow. That's like,
1: I mean, so many people tell me that I look just like him, and that we're so alike, so it makes sense that we are the same personality type.
0: Yeah, yes. Well, ENFJs, they love to connect deeply with people, and they really like to get into people's minds and just inquire about who they are as people. Some notable ENFJs that you might know are Oprah Winfrey, Martin Luther King Jr., Barack Obama, uh, Maya Angelou, and some common struggles that ENFJs report include... Um, having trouble protecting their boundaries and absorbing the emotions of others. And then maybe sometimes masking their own emotions due to emotional burnout. So how does this all resonate with you? I know that's a lot. It's crazy
1: how like accurate so much of it is, especially the social situations part. Um, Yeah. Because that is, that was like one of my, I don't want to say like games or challenges um, like, growing up in like high school or whatever because I didn't want to sound like inauthentic but it was I was just left out of so many things in middle school from being like bullied and like ostracized and having no one to talk to and I never wanted anyone else to experience that especially somebody who was like around me like somebody around that I could have that I could do something in like that moment with so it's like when we were like in drama class. and It was like a class, like a ton of people. And also our teacher didn't care what we did. So it's like just everyone in different groups. And there was this like super goth girl and she was just like all hot topiced out, like all over her. And like nobody in the class would speak to her. And everyone, I guess a lot of them had gone to middle school with her and like, they like were terrible to her in middle school or had like rumors about her in middle school. And it's like, I didn't know who this girl was. I just like, you know, saw she was wearing a bunch of, like, black jelly bracelets, and, like, nobody's talking to her, Mm -hmm. and so I went over to her, and, like, I started talking, like, I started talking, I think at the beginning, she was, like, kind of skeptical of, like, didn't know, like, why I was doing it, or, like, what, you know, or that we wouldn't have, like, anything in common, and it's just kind of, like, was a not like fun challenge, but it's like, you really can connect with like anyone, no matter like what they look like or different, you know, different backgrounds or or interests. Like there's something that you connect, you can connect with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone just like wants to feel included. And also everyone's favorite subject is themselves. So Mm -hmm. if you, like, if you like start talking to someone and you like ask them something about themselves, especially like something that they like to do or like an interest or whatever, like, and they like light up and talk about it. And it's just like, then you have like that, you know, like that back and forth, like that connection. And they feel like included. And so that's always something that like I always try to do. It's like, I always want to make sure that I talk to like different people when I go out um, and to like kind of build up that muscle. Cause like it is a muscle knowing how to relate to people and how to talk to people. And I think it's like harder and harder every year. And I don't want to sound like a grandpa where it's like with our generation and the texting and the technology, but now it's yeah. like, it's so weird. You know, like it's so weird to talk on the phone with somebody now. Like now when somebody yeah. calls, you're like, well, why? No, why? Like uh-huh. we have no problem talking to them in person, but on the phone, you're like, who is dead? If not, why, if somebody's not dead, why are you calling me?
0: Exactly.
1: Um, but it's like, it, is a muscle you need to like exercise to get like more comfortable meeting people and talking with people. And you can do it like you can do it with like anyone, even like a bartender or like anyone that you just kind of like it's like almost like a warm up, you know, like mm-hmm. this is like what <laughs> I'm going to like this dating like life. A coach retreat like next week, and he was talking about like going up and talking with people, and how you like get warmed up, and how like a lot of people are so scared of you know, especially like meeting somebody of the opposite sex and like what to say and what to talk about. And he was like, "That's why you need to be talking to people every day in real life." And he's like, "I don't care if you're making like conversation with a bartender or like your Uber driver or anyone." He's like, "Whoever it is, it like helps you exercise that." So when it does come to somebody that you want to talk to who you are nervous about like whether it be a boss or you know date or whoever like you already have like that muscle kind of built up because like you've practiced in other situations that are not high pressure yeah um so it's like that is uh, the like social thing really hit with me because that's something that I I don't leave my apartment a lot (laughs) but when I do I feel like I do very well
0: yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, you just hit the nail on the head with that whole thing. Like that describes the ENFJ to the T. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank you. I'm I'm glad that it resonated with you.
1: Yeah, that is like crazy how
0: accurate that is. Sweet. Okay, so I wanna just ask you a little bit about spirituality because I'm you're just pretty open about how spiritual you are and I love it. Um, do you have a spiritual practice like you know, meditation or yoga? I
1: just started, um, journaling and meditating, um, and trying to do that every day. And I fell off of it for the past like week and a half. And I definitely, I definitely could see a difference of, um, where I was at, like mentally and physically when I was doing my journaling in the morning, um, which is like supposed to be like the morning pages where it's like, you're supposed to wake up and you're not supposed to check your phone. You're supposed to like write, um, handwrite, like not type, um, like two to three pages. And it's just supposed to be like a constant, like your hands just supposed to constantly be writing and it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't even have to be full sentences. You can just like write the same word over and over. You can write like, I don't know what's right. I don't know what's right. I don't want to know what to write. I'm asleep. I'm sleep. You know, whatever you, it's, the act of kind of just, like, pouring your thoughts out and, like, kind of, like, starting fresh so you can kind of just, like, release some feelings and, like, get your brain going and you're supposed to, like, do that in the morning and then I was trying to do, uh, like, two pages of, like, gratitude where I'm, like, actually writing out of, like, my, real like gratitude for the day and like everything that I'm thankful for. So like starting off the day in a positive, like if you're writing, if you're starting your day, writing down all of the things that are positive that you're, you know, loving in your life and that you're grateful for, you have a much better chance of having a much happier, successful day than when you wake up and you're like, Oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. And like, Oh my God, I can't believe it's only Wednesday. And you know, which yeah. is like, are normal feelings and like they're valid but it's like you have such a better chance of arming yourself for that day like going into like it sounds like so stupid but like going into battle if you have like if you already have like your armor on you have 100% better chance of doing well that day than like going in kind of like completely naked and just like then I feel like you're so much more vulnerable to being annoyed or taking things personally or, you know, and yeah. not yeah. having a very big focus
0: for the day. Totally. Like, I agree with you like a hundred percent. And I feel like, do you use any affirmations too? Because what uh, all the crystals that I get are like from you and they come with those daily affirmations and I like have it tacked up on my board. And I feel like using those affirmations that you sent me, like has just jump-started this whole like practice of I, I've totally fell off the wagon too, but like if when I was saying those affirmations in the morning, it just set a different like precedent for my day.
1: Oh, that makes me like so. Oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, good. Like, yeah, I've never heard of anyone doing worse mentally after doing affirmations or like after mm-hmm. meditating or journaling. Nobody's ever like, well, that completely spiraled down my life. You know, like yeah. it's never mm-hmm. like it's never going to go worse for you by doing affirmations. And also it's like, I like that affirmations are free. You can do them anywhere. You don't need a yoga mat or like, you know, magical crystals charged by the moon or anything. And it's like, I, you can do it anywhere. And it's like, they're just so great because your mind is always going and your mind, or at least my mind tends to think the worst where it like goes to anxiety. And, we spend all like our day coming up with like this horrible fantasy land of like Harry Potter level, like, like fantasy, but like in the worst evil way where it's like, mm-hmm. just like all like Voldemort, <laughs> like dark stuff. Like this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Blah, blah. And it's like, so your mind is using all that imagination, but for bad things and fear and like negativity right. when it's like, your mind's going to be going anyway. So you might as well change it to the positive instead of being like, you know, what's going to happen if this happens, thinking about, like, oh, if this happens, I can't imagine how much better my life will be, or, like, the best, I can't believe, like, the best parts of my life still, like, some of them still haven't happened yet, or, like, all these positive things where it's just so much easier to spiral into the negative, negative. Um, right. and, like, affirmations, it just kind of, like, stops it. It just kind of, <laughs> like, I know puts a pause in it, and helps you kind of like a rewire. Like, yeah. Yeah. I
0: love that. Um, with those affirmations, I, I use a lot of your crystals. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your crystal business? Like, is that something you're still involved in? Um, and if so, where can they find out more about it? Oh, you're so, so I'm so happy that you liked the
1: crystals. That is like definitely something that I want to get back into. Um, because I haven't, I haven't done like crystals for like, I, or I haven't like released like new crystals for like a year. Um, but that's something that I definitely want to get back into because I still have literally my entire guest room is hundreds of crystals and I feel bad. They're just, I feel like it's like a humane society of crystals that they're just mm-hmm. like meant to go to their like future homes and they're just like sitting there and I feel bad. Yeah. Um, but I, it's something that they've helped me so much and. It's especially when I'm feeling like negative and down and I realize things that I know I could be doing to help myself that I'm actively choosing not to do, like journaling or meditating or like holding my crystals. Like it really, it really does like, I think make a difference in like saging. I 1000% like beg anyone to like, even if you are not into like spiritual stuff at all, it's like saging just you feel the like effects instantly like in a home around yourself like you never feel worse after saging and like between that and holding crystals and like doing meditations and just to me it is like so calming and kind of like reassuring
0: and yeah.
1: just I, like having something physical to like feel or hold and especially if like, you're in an anxiety attack you do the thing of like you know, five things you can see, four things you can touch. And it's just, if you have something calming that you can actively like hold, you know, like Linus has a blanket, like I just have a magical rock, you know, it's mm-hmm. just something that like, if it calms you down and gives you a certain feeling,
0: Like yeah, totally. It,
1: I just think it's like just so beyond helpful and just, and I also like that it's nature like you have yeah. nature coming from somebody who's like, I'm certainly not going to go out and hike, but I have parts of like, literally like the earth, like right in my hands, like that, you know, came from the ground. So it's like also cool. It's like, oh, okay. Like the world has been here, you know, years before, like we were, you know, we have, and I mean, God, I'm hoping it's still here for like a few more years, you know, depending on, yeah. <laughs> depending on who's in charge of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's just like. It also reminds you of like, oh, we're like such a small you know, like our problems are like what we're going through. It's like such a small thing, considering like the rest of the world and like how big it is, and like I know one of the things that like I used to say to my therapist was like, okay, like we're just kind of like skeletons wearing a meat suit, like you know orbiting like. Space like a million miles per hour, like whatever it is. It's like, yeah, n- all the stuff that we like really worry about, you know, like you should obviously be worried about stuff, but I think a lot of the stuff we give our attention to, um, is probably not stuff that's going to matter in five months, let alone like five years, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. or 15 years. And so, that is like something that has kind of like helped me, like, kind of put in like to perspective of, like, oh, I'm just, like, this little being, like, on the earth, and we're, like, spinning around, and it's, like, is this online comment, like, really that much, you know, that important compared to, like, everything else in my life, you know, everything else that's happening, and in five years, am I going to remember this person's screen name? Probably not, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so, like, you just, like, it's, it's just so easy I'm speaking like to me, like I'm saying it's just so easy to like spiral down into negative, which I was definitely doing this morning. And so it's like you feel yourself spiraling. The quicker you can, like, throw yourself to, like a life preserver, like the better it will be. And it's like you also can't attack yourself for feeling down or like spiraling. I think that's like also another trap people get into. Of like, yeah. if people are like new age or like, but I'm meditating, like, I shouldn't be like feeling depressed and I shouldn't be going through this. And this makes me a bad person. Cause like, you know, adding the guilt on top of it where you're like, but you know, my life is, you know, I shouldn't be upset about this because I had a bad day at work. Like when there's people starving in the world and it's like, that just adds to your guilt and you're allowed to feel however you're feeling because you're human. It doesn't matter. Like even be the most enlightened person in the world. and you will still have those reactions some days because you're a person and that's like just natural. And it's like, as soon as you can do something to like pull yourself out of it, you know, that's, and whether it's like affirmations or crystals or whatever, um, also showering. Now that's like a big thing for me. Yeah. Not like I did shower before. <laughs> like I want to like, I've always showered. Like I always want <laughs> like people who have to shower before they go into bed. But yes. um, my therapist, the therapist I'm with now, um, whenever I'm having a freak out, uh, or whenever I'm in like really bad place, she's like, "Can you go take a shower?" And it because she said like that water changes kind of like the your like body chemistry and like your wavelengths and stuff, your like brain wavelengths. Right. I don't know if yeah. I'm using any of the science words correctly. Um, oh, no, it totally makes sense. But it's like you never, you always feel better after a shower or a bath like that is like something that very easily you can do and it's something that you have feel like the physical effects of like right away and even if just like for those like two minutes you're in the shower it like does kind of calm your mind and body and that has been something that I found like has really helped me lately is showering
0: yeah, no, I, I like so that. Stupid, like. No, 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 it doesn't because actually, like, you're the second person this week that's like mentioned that showering has been like a good way to just like calm at least like the nervous system in a way. Right. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. A synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, see, it's like when you like, I love that. Yeah, it's like
1: sometimes I'll take, you know, I know that this is, you know, bad for the environment, but I'm like, I'm also like a vegetarian and I don't really drive anywhere. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make up for it. I'm doing my parts in other ways, exactly. but it's yeah. like some days I'll, you know, shower three times. Mm-hmm. I'm not like in there for an hour each time, but it does just help you reset. And depending on like how depressed you are, cause I, you know, sometimes like taking a shower is the biggest thing you are going to do that day and it feels like going to run a marathon. So even if all you do that day is shower, you should still be proud of yourself because I know if you've made it this far not just into listening to this podcast but if you've made it this far into your life, it means you've survived 100% of your worst days and your like lowest lows and you're still here and so it's like 100% success rate. Like that's a very good rate. <laughs> like if, you know, I know if there was a athlete or something who had like 100%, you know, like batting average or like scoring or whatever, you're like, oh, that I'm going to bet all my money on that person. Cause that, that's incredible. Like they're yeah. absolutely like winning and killing it. It's like, and that's what we've done, you know, for our lives so far. And it's like, we don't give ourselves like enough credit of like, when you think about actually how much stuff that you've survived in your life and gotten through and you're yeah. still here is like incredible
0: absolutely absolutely and I guess maybe just thinking about like the super new moon that's happening tomorrow like what are some of your intentions that you're setting for the new moon
1: some of my intentions are going to be releasing like releasing my guilt and like releasing my guilt and uh negative, obsessive thoughts or thoughts of the past, because you're, if something was supposed to be with you, it would be with you now. Like, if it's not with you now and it's in the past, it's, like, in the past for a reason. And, right. like, be, being, like, okay with that and accepting it and, like, and trusting, you know, one of my affirmations is, like, trying to, like, trust the universe that... Things are coming that are even better than I could have like ever imagined um, yeah. because that's always happened in my life of things I never expected of like the radio show and then Joan Rivers and then like from my deepest, from what I thought was my deepest depression back then came my podcast. And so it's like all these things happen that I never planned on, but were the best parts of my life or like the turning points of my life that like got me to the next chapter and normally from like really dark places. And it's like, I certainly never thought I'd do a podcast. Like my, my mom, my stage mom, Nancy literally forced me to put out a podcast, like one episode. She's like, you just have to put out one episode because I had bought the equipment and had it for like eight months. And she's like, you know, this, it was just mostly to make me do it. Like not because we thought anyone would listen to it. It was just like her being like, you need to follow through and just like put it out. Like yeah totally never never thought it would make it to episode three let alone whatever you know almost three years later and that that's been the thing I've been most successful at and like most fulfilled with and that's been the thing that I'm most proud of my entire life
0: yeah like, yeah absolutely again. like I'm so sorry oh no no sorry no gun. No, no, no. Uh, I was just saying, I mean, your podcast is just absolutely amazing. Like, for our listeners that haven't listened to it, like, how would you describe it?
1: I would describe it as kind of, it's about everything and nothing. I I always say it's like, kind of like Seinfeld, it's kind of about nothing. Um, It's, the vibe I want it to always feel like is you're going out to brunch with your girlfriends where it's like, before you go out to brunch with your girlfriends, you don't text each other and be like, all right, we're going to talk about this and this and this. And I want to cover your conversations. Just go with your friend, just everywhere, you know, like, and yeah, granted that is not a lot of podcasts, (laughs) you know, um, formula. And a lot of people don't like that formula, but it's like, I started this podcast out of complete like depression and it was just for me to have something to do every week. It was like a thing where I would have to see a friend or talk to somebody once a week. And so that's why it was just kind of like, didn't have any structure. It was just like me talking to somebody. Yeah. And that's like, that's the vibe I want. Like I always want to feel like that the kittens because like, that's what I call like my listeners, like that they're a part of it. And it's like, that they're just like hanging out and talking with their friend. And so it's about like, we talk about like what we were talking about earlier. Like we'll go from like old Disney movies to like, like bands like in 2000s and, you know, like dating stories of like this week and sex stories. And it's, I, it's kind of like a little melting pot of
0: embarrassing stories and memories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's so funny. I'm always in stitches all the time.
1: That like means like so much to me. Like you have no idea. Like I, you have no idea like what that means to me. I feel bad. It's like, I cannot believe I've been doing this podcast for almost three years and I still don't know how to describe it. Like that's not a very good
0: business. (laughs) No, you described it well.
1: Cause it's like, how do you, like, I know I always ask like you guys, I'm like, I know if you had to say it to somebody, how would you say it? Like, Right. Yeah. Because everyone, every,
0: every episode is like different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like thinking about it, like, you know, right now I say, yeah, this is a personality type and personal development podcast, but I never know what it could turn into later. Right. So yeah, I think it's constantly just the the constant evolution. So yeah, it's just where,
1: depending on when I'm recording that day and what medications have kicked in, who knows (laughs) what the topic will be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. I know that you've talked a lot about, you know, dealing with depression on your show, um, dealing with anxiety, and I listened to one of your podcast episodes about, you know, the stages of grief, and like, I feel like that's one of the first times I like I really heard you cry, and it made me so sad because like I feel like I could feel like your immense pain and like your immense grief, and like I'm just so inspired by like how vulnerable you were in that episode, and like you just showed up for yourself and like your community, and you just shared such a raw moment, like while you were going through, like, that process, so, like, how have you been, like, you're just so brave, and I applaud you 100% on that.
1: Oh, that, I know I just keep, like, sounding like a broken record saying, like, you have no idea what that means to me, but seriously, like, that is just, like, so nice to hear, and kind, and just very, very, like, reassuring, especially, like, at this point in my life, and, like, knowing that other people connected with it because like, that's all I want. I just want people to like not feel alone, yeah. you know, like that's like the worst feeling in the world. And that's a feeling that I, you know, that I struggle with, you know, so much. And that's why podcasts are so important to me. And like, I'll text my friend, you know, I don't know if you listen to like the Bravo podcast, like watch what crap happens. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, Like, whenever I'm like sad, I will either go into the shower and put it on speaker or just like sit here and journal and have him, you know, and listening to them just because it's reassuring and it makes me feel like not alone. And it's because of them that I don't feel like that. Or if I go on and talk to like the kittens and it's like, you guys like help me feel not alone because that's a horrible feeling. But it's like I being like vulnerable and being accepted by you and like all the other kittens, like means so much and that I feel safe to do it with you guys because you guys have also created that environment for me and like made me feel safe enough like oh, to do it you. and also it's just like it's really really hard to do a podcast that's about you when when like you're struggling so much and it's like I feel like it would sound super inauthentic if I tried to make everything sound like great when you would obviously be able to like hear my voice. Like I'm not acting in New York for a reason. Like I'm not, te- I'm not that skilled of an actor to like be like, everything is fine. But it's like, I know that everyone else is going, everyone else has gone through a breakup at some point in their life. Like mine just happened to be like later. Cause I got into my first real relationship, like, you know, very late like in life. Um, and it's like, you guys have all shared your experiences with breakups and stuff. And now it's like, I was finally able to like understand what you guys were going through and just knowing of like other people have been through this or going through this currently, you know, with me. And it's like a universal thing is like heartbreak and, you know, like losing like love and stuff. And it's just like, you guys are like what made
0: me feel like safe enough to come out and like do that
1: with you. Well
0: thank you. Like that I mean just I appreciate that as a listener. So thank you so much, Annabelle.
1: Thank you so much. You are a baby angel on earth and I'm like so happy to have you
0: as a friend in my head. So thank you. Thank you. What's up everybody? It's Riley with the That's the podcast. Naomi and I would love to invite you to leave your review on iTunes.
1: Scroll down to the bottom of the page after you're done listening to the episode and find the ratings and reviews.
0: Tap the number of stars you see fit, and leave a little comment for us. At the end of each month, we'll do a little raffle and pick a lucky reviewer to receive a little gift card from us at the That's Deep Podcast, a little token of appreciation. Thank you for all your support, and good luck.